Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Interesting music choice to start us off. Don't mind it, though. So much to talk about. Not even exactly sure where to start. Huge show coming up. Looking forward to chatting with you for the next three hours. And as always, pretty much for the first hour, the show is yours. one 736 736 Coming up, we're going to speak to victorious magpie John Noble will join us. We'll have a chat to GWS CEO Dave Matthews is always refreshing for his opinions on the game and certainly a lot to talk about with Dave Matthews. John Longmire has had some strong things to say about the AFL's investment or that lack thereof. We'll see if uh, Dave has a similar view to uh, the Sydney coach, Ports Dan Houston, um, our segment over and under. And we're also going to speak to our man, Trevor Lane, on the trade deadline over there in the NBA. It is all happening you can send us a text for temper, 0433981116 for a mattress like no other. The footy last night, pretty good game of footy. One-on-one matchups. How about that? Is that a thing now? We actually had a one-on-one matchup. That was terrific to see. And, and no doubt Collingwood were magnificent and will alleviate some of the pressure that had already started to engulf that football club. But clearly, the biggest story out of last night is Carlton. So I want to start the show with this. Well, last week, I was, um, I was last half full on the Blues. This morning, there's about one drop of water in that glass. New Year, same Carlton. And they may have invested in their midfield and running defence during the trade period, but perhaps they should have turned their attention to their key defenders. Collingwood kicked seven goals in total in round one, which made them the lowest scoring team in the competition. They took just five marks inside of 50 for the whole game. In the first quarter alone last night, the Magpies took seven marks inside 50 for five goals. One minute into the second quarter, they'd taken nine marks inside 50 and had eight goals on the board. By half time, they had 11 majors. Jamie Elliott was matched up on the highly frustrating, long-sleeved Lockie Plowman, and Plowman made Elliott look like Gary Ablett Sr. in the first term. Plowman was moved off Elliott onto Dugowie after quarter time. It took Dugowie one minute to kick another goal on him, and if it wasn't Elliott or Dugowie outmarking Plowman, it was Hoskin Elliott. He lacked speed off the mark, strength in the contest, and at times looked lost with a footy in his hand, and it's perplexing how he retains his position in the Carlton side every week. Early in the game, reigning best and fairest winner Jacob Weedering was outmarked by the much smaller Brody Majacek, and in a sign that perhaps he's pretty comfortable with where he's at, he missed a simple tackle on still side bottom, who made him look foolish in the first term. 
Liam Jones was struggling for size against a much larger opponent in Mason Cox, and he panicked a couple of times and gave the big American a couple of free kicks and his first shot at goal. Sam Petrevsky-Seaton just doesn't look like he wants to defend and continues to look uncomfortable. It's hard to think of a worse start from a defensive back six with so much riding on the result. Now, of course, Carlton's midfield numbers didn't help. The lack of pressure up the ground was stark, and most of Collingwood's 13 first-quarter entries were under little or no pressure, hence the eight scoring shots from just the 13 inside 50s. Embarrassingly, the Blues lost... Sorry, laid just eight tackles in the first quarter to Collingwood's 16, and they lost the contested possession count by nine. If it wasn't for Michael Gibbons' freakish efforts, the game was over at halftime. Now, the predictable Carlton fight back came in the third quarter, but clearly it wasn't enough. And by game's end, Carlton lost the tackle count by 24 and contested possessions by 19. They laid only 41 tackles for the entire game and 10 players had one tackle or less. All this for Carlton with the prospect of going 0-2 and two for the ninth straight year. And although the season is in its infancy and they have favourable matchups against Frio and Gold Coast in the next two weeks, the stats would suggest they are staring down the barrel of missing the eight again. Coach David Teague's attitude coming to the matchup was perplexing and somewhat explains why the Blues defenders and midfield were asleep at the opening bounce. We, we want to go and win, don't get us wrong, but um, look, you can play really well and get better and, and not win at this time of year. I, I think uh, a couple of years ago, Collingwood lost their first few and played in the grand final. So. Is that what you want to hear? Teague isn't demanding enough of his players and is far too easily pleased. There are holes in the ship and it's sinking slowly. The defenders have been outclassed and they aren't strong enough in the contest and the midfield isn't hungry enough. Its best player, Patrick Cripps, isn't a goal kicker and he's not damaging around the ground. He had just eight kicks once again last night. In the pre-season, CEO Kane Little was adamant this squad was ready to take the next step. And anyone who, who wants to uh, try and tie me up and mix, uh, mix my words that we're not aspiring to win premierships won't be successful because that's exactly what we're trying to do. But again, expectation needs to meet experience. And we've gone 18th, 16th, 11th. We want to continue to build on that. And I certainly agree that the period for development is well and truly over. Period for development is well and truly over. From what we've seen so far this season, they are miles away. The pressure is coming, and rightly so. Blues fans... I've got sympathy for you. I was on the Blues train this year. I was bound by blue. I've picked them the last two weeks, and they've served that up. one 736 736 or you can send us a temper text, 0433-98-1116. Joining the conversation this morning. A lot of positivity last night. Great game of footy. Footy's back. I've, I heard you know talk pre twenty ten levels how good the footy is. Good one on one matchups. I agree with all of that. And Collingwood, hats off to you. Magnificent. Uh, Darcy Moore, what a performance. Um, Isaac Quaino, he's a good player developing. Dacos can be one of the best young players in the competition. In about 12 months' time, you, you watch this kid play. Sensational. Taylor Adams, heroic performance in the midfield. That was the good. I was shocked Carlton served that up in the first quarter. And their defensive group as a whole, whew, embarrassing. 
You know, you just have one of those games of footy where everything goes wrong. Yeah, that was uh, that was Lockie Plowman last night. Blues fans, have you say? John's in Adelaide. Uh, what do you want to say about the footy last night, Johnny? Welcome. Yeah, great game. Collingwood shows so much intent. It was out, you know, it was really outstanding because they were really under pump. People want to go for Buckley. Jeez, what he coached last night. He really lifted that side. Teague. I don't know what Carlton won't put up with Teague. Yeah, you know, he's got too many holes in his sail, and the list they got, well, they got some really good imports this year. And Cripps, he's after a contract. You can't, you can't pay him overs, okay? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that shortly because I was pretty strong on Footy Classified on Monday night about what Patrick Cripps is worth, and I wrote about it in the West Australian yesterday, just sort of warning West Coast and Fremantle not to spend their money on Patrick Cripps for various reasons, as, as much as we admire the way he plays his football. Uh, please don't start comparing him to the most damaging midfielders in the competition, like Fife, Dangerfield, Martin, Petrarca, Bonds and Pelly. He's not yeah. in that class, and um, he shouldn't be paid as such, and, uh, and his performance in the first two weeks of the season has probably backed that up. Tom's on the line. Uh, the Blues, Tom, have you, uh, you got a thought on them? Yeah, mate, we're not we're not saying anything, mate. You're right, mate. I'm sick of uh, Teague's um, honourable honourable performances again, mate. You got to hit the ground running at the start, mate. Collingwood picked us off in the back line. Darcy Moore's a superstar defender, mate. He's he's mate. Give him the brown, mate. This bloke, he's the best defender in the country by a mile. He picked us off. We've got not enough board pressure. Question marks on Casbolt and uh, Murphy, mate. I don't know what's what's the story with him. Um, love Harry Mack, mate. You know, he's given us much up board, mate, but he's got no second effort. He's got to give us that too to keep the ball in our forward 50. Um, I can't, I don't know, mate. We're still going to be a bottom six side if we don't um, start um, measuring up, mate. I mean, you've got to knock off these big sides that have been playing finals for the last decade to make progression, and I don't know when it's going to come. Mm. When's it going to come, Blues fans? That, that, is, that is the question, and my sympathy is with you this morning because when there's so much optimism about the off-season and you pay Zach Williams 800 grand, you pay Saad, you go and get him from another club, give him a long-term contract, and you expect the development of Dow, and and, and, and we're not going to be critical of Walsh because he has developed, but, but Wiedering's ready to go. When they get to that 60 to 100-game bracket, which a lot of these players have, you expect them to take the leap. Now, they turn up with an attitude that lays seven tackles in a quarter of footy and 41 for a game. 41 tackles in a game of footy that lasted 120 minutes. It's extraordinary when you're staring down the barrel of zero and two for the ninth year in a row. As Tommy said, Baz is in Coburg. Whew, a lot of Blues fans angry this morning, and rightly so. Are you one of them, Baz? Yeah, mate. Uh, hello, Kano. Um, yeah, I've been... For two or three years, mate, Plowman, how he gets a game at Carlton, I don't know. I don't know what to say, mate. And the bloke, you know, every week in, week out, Dacos, Dacos helps. What's Dacos height? Is it probably, what, six, five foot eight, five foot nine? Yeah, How I he reckon. off the ball, kicks that goal in the goal square. It just, he's, he, things haven't changed at Carlton. Like, New Year, but same old, same old, mate. Mm. You know, you go two or three weeks, you look forward to the season starting. And then they dish up crap like that. So, you know what I mean? It's just... And every year, everyone's saying, oh, Connell's under pressure. Mate, they've lost one game. Why is Buckley and Connell under pressure? It's, it's Carlton mm. that should be under pressure every week. 
Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bash individuals because it's a tough game to play, and it's easy from watching on your lounge room or, or up in the stands. But um, I guess the criticism is more directed at the Carlton coaches on that fact of how Lockie Plowman um, does get selected every week because it was one of those nights where just before he got pushed off the ball from Dacos, he kicked it out on the full. He, he, he probably had um, conservatively seven goals kicked on him in the first half from, from what I could see. Now, do you, do, you, do you get him off? Do you, I don't know, there was, I thought perhaps they'd get him to feign a hammy and get uh, Oscar McDonald on to try and save the day. Of course, they, they wouldn't risk that, but something had to be done in the in the coach's box wherever they moved him um the collingwood forward really did get a hold of him last night but he wasn't alone steve's on the road your thoughts on the blues steve how are you kano good mate uh mate i agree with every, everything you said unfortunately i'm a diehard cult supporter plowman every week i say it to my son how's this guy getting the game every week the long sleeves the no heart too soft mate Stephen's in the same boat uh, Levi Casbolt, bring in Oscar McDonald, who actually showed more in a half of footy than Levi has in the last, not just two weeks, the last ten weeks of last season as well, did absolutely nothing. Right? you got Harry McKay pretty much up there by himself. The small fools don't know what they're doing. Tegan, his attitude sucks. Uh, I can't listen to his press conferences anymore because it starts my head in. Oh, yeah, we played all right, this, this and that. What a load of rubbish. Mate, they're too soft, and I'll give you the tip on Patrick Cripps, what's going on this season. He's not injured. What it is is the game's sped up, and he's not fit enough or quick enough to get around the ground to get to the contest. There's not as many contests. There's not as many ball-ups. It's mm. free-flowing, and that's where his downfall is down. He's sort of running around. Mate, Walsh sparked him because Walsh can get to more contests. Mm. And, and well, Walsh's work rate is extraordinary, and yeah, there, there's definitely a bit of that, but... I mean, the game suited Cripps last year. Shortened games, um, you know, of short nature, a lot more stoppages, a lot more contested, and they finished ninth in their best and fairest. So this has been coming for a while with Patrick Cripps. This isn't, this isn't an issue that's just bobbed up and a lot of people defending him, saying he's injured and all of that. This is an issue that has been staring in our face for a good two seasons and no one has wanted to acknowledge it. Now he's out of contract at 26 with multiple shoulder surgeries and the game perhaps moving past him. What sort of statement do Carlton make with this deal that they give him? Because I've heard 1.3 million, I've heard seven years, I've heard massive money. They would be negligent to pay him anything more than seven seven fifty, as as I spoke about on Footy Classified on Monday night. Thanks for your passion, Steve. Anthony's on the line. The Blues, Anthony, your thoughts? Oh, it's not happy, Kano. Not happy, mate. It starts at the top with David. Unfortunately, Tiggy, mate, you've got to be harder. You've got to be ruthless. You've got to get that out of him. His continual loyalty to guys like Mark Murphy, Levi Casbolt, Lockie Plowman, you know, Tommy Williamson, and Petrovsky Seaton, you're killing the kid. We've killed him. He came to the scene as a, as a high half forward mid, had a breakout game against the Bulldogs, and we haven't seen him in the midfield ever since. He's just continually putting him in the back line. Then you've got. Guys that are midfielders in Zach Fisher, Michael Gibbons are doing a great job as forwards. They're not forwards. They're going to be in the midfield. And you've got Zachy Williams who recruited him. Put him in half back line. Get Plowman out of there, for God's sake. And then Oscar McDonald, like the other caller said, he's shown more in a half than Casbolt's shown in, in a year. But they play Casbolt on one leg. Um, oh, it's, just, it's just shocking, Kane. And then they've got to use Crips like Dusty. Tell him that's the centre line. Don't go there. Get Nunes. You know, get other guys to do his work in the defensive half like the Tigers do, 
You know, where's the development? Paddy Dow got better, but he hasn't taken the next step. Uh, Will Setterfield's gone backwards. I mean, who's the head of development down there? And I think Teague will get judged this week by a lot of supporters to see if he actually makes a hard call for once in his life and says, you know what, Mark, I'm sorry, but you're not up to it at the moment. You can go in the reserves, and there are plenty of guys like your Cunninghams, like your Stockers, like your Cottrells. They can play that role with more intensity and more tackling pressure than Mark has ever done. Unfortunately, it's been a great... One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Passion shining through. Um, a lot of angry Blues fans, and rightly so. Thanks, Anthony. Let's go to Jeffrey. G'day, Jeffrey. G'day, uh, Kane. Thank you for talking with me. I, I enjoy your show. Keep Pleasure. up the work. Thank you. Uh, I've just noticed one. I've been going to the MCG now for many years, and uh, I've noticed that Carlton have won one night match at the MCG in twenty-two games. Really? Any idea of why that trend's happening? No, this is a bit of a Bruce McAvaney start for us, Jeffrey. You got an idea? Well, I'm just—I'm starting to think I'm not going to go to the football and I watch Carlton at the MCG the night game because they just can't win them. That dates yeah, well, right back twelve. I, I don't know. I guess the, the night marquee games are coming up against good opposition, but one game in twenty-two—it's not a great number. And zero and two for the nine years in a row is an even worse number. Uh, let's get to Nathan. Your thoughts, Nathan? Yeah, Kane. I just reckon Mark Murphy, mate, he's just been bashed this week. And fair and not fair, he's a midfielder. He's not a half forward. He's a midfielder his whole life. That's all he's ever known. He's actually not a bad clearance player when he goes in there. He's not so much a good He's pretty good. He didn't go to one centre bounce last night, but one. He's going to start making changes. I wish they had more there in the first two minutes. I said, don't to go to the goalie. Just on a bit of a dodgy, just on a bit of a dodgy line there, Nathan. We'll, we'll just get you back, put you back to Benny, and because you, you do have some really interesting points to make. Um, so let's go to uh, Dom, who wants to have his say. Good idea, yeah, Dom. Yeah, good Kane. Yeah, Kane. Look, they, the the biggest mistake they made was last week. Silvani was really good, and and McDonald was really good, and they didn't have either of them. The problem is why they played Casbolt because they didn't have another ruckman. But for three quarters, we were, we were pretty good. And with Cripps, when he went forward, I'll watch, just watch the replay then, he had three really good marking chances in that third quarter and he yeah. just dropped every one of them. They're definitely going to make some changes. I mean, yeah, McGovern's a loss. But, I mean, it's like two games. It's like the whole season's gone. I but mean, it's, but it's nine some... years. It, so, Dom, it's, not, it's nine years, zero and two. Like, it's not, it's not two games. And, and I get it. They'll win this week against Fremantle. They'll probably win the next week against Gold Coast. And they're two and two. And we'll go, oh, hang on. You know, the pressure is alleviated. But against good sides to hit the ground running and serve up seven tackles in the first quarter of footy, when you know the club is under pressure, is not good enough. So it's not two games. It's nine years. That That's the that's what you're probably missing, and that's why the sympathy is there for the Blues fans. It's, it's not as if it's Geelong. Uh, Geelong starts 0-2. They lose to Brisbane tonight. Well, yeah, they, they reckon they've got some credits in the bank. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that, that they can turn it around. Probably same goes for, you know, if it happened to Richmond. But it doesn't happen two sides that need to be hungry and need to make a statement early on in the year and hit the ground running. So I think you've slightly missed the point there. We'll get to Ben, Jason, Joey, George and Dale on the other side of this. We're up and running on the Captain's Run for you Friday.
the game has changed. Oh, I thought he looked dangerous forward, actually. We, we probably went one shorter in the front half with Jack Silvani not down there. And we thought Patrick, I think he had a chance. He might have even dropped one one stage. Got to look at a couple of others. So oh, I think he was still strong around the, the clearances. I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but I felt like he was, he was probably one of our better couple. Last year, Patrick got lots of shots on goal and didn't finish his work, and he's been working on that. I know he'd never make an excuse, but is he fully fit from a running perspective? Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's right to go. That was Carlton coach David Teague speaking on the form issues of co-captain Patrick Cripps. Our number's 1300-736-736. Kylie is in Melbourne and she wants to chat about the game last night. Welcome to you, Kylie. Hi, Kane. Thank you. How are you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I just wanted to call up and say I don't normally agree with too many things you say, but you hit the nail on the head this morning when you summed up Carlton. Um last night and uh, last uh, two games for this year. Mm. Um, Tiggy, just not passionate enough. We are so passionate. Um, I've been a Carlton supporter for 36 years. My teenage kids, we just want some passion. Bring it to the table. Come on, Carlton. He's not, it's yeah, just been he's too the... long. Like you said, it's, it's not just two games. It's been like 10 years <laughs> and longer. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel your pain. Yeah, I, I do. I do want a bit more from from T. I, you know, I think he's just a lovely guy. Very, obviously, sees the game well, but he's, yeah, more demanding. I reckon, Kylie. You know, fire them up. Yeah, fire up, says Kylie. Kylie says T. He's got to fire up. What do you reckon, Blues fans? We'll quickly sneak in Benny from Mildura. Beautiful Mildura, that is. Lockie Plowman had a nightmare last night. Ben, what's your thoughts? Hey, Jane, can you do us a favour? Sunday oh. footy show. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I got you, mate. Yeah, but Johnny, so, uh, Johnny just hit the button. On the Sunday footy show, can you do every Carlton supporter a favour and show Lockie Plowman laughing after he just had five kicked on him by the goey and after the game where he was laughing with Brody Grundy and he had a hand in nine goals kicked against mm. us. He had no so, Ben, just, just hold night. that thought because we're going to go to the 9.30 news and I'll get you back on after the 9.30 news. I've I've got it written in my notes. Uh, I, I sent a message to the Sunday Footy Show producer and I said, look, I've seen a screenshot of Lockie Plowman laughing. I haven't seen the vision of it, but if he was, that's not on and a slap in the face for you Blues fans. Time now for the 9.30 news headlines. Righto, before the news, we spoke to Ben in Mildura. We've got him there. And I've seen similar reaction on social media to Lockie Plowman having a laugh and a joke with Brody Grundy on the final siren. I reckon by my count he had six or seven kicked on in, in the first half, Ben. To see that, how'd it make you feel? Mate, I'm gutted, mate. I'm absolutely gutted. And... Well, being gutted last night and then to turn around and see him do that, you just think, what's the point? You seriously, because he's just a bike that's happy, collecting a paycheck, obviously, and uh, not giving a stuff mm. about what we're about. And so, rightly so. Uh, next time Jared has Malcolm Blight on, I'd love for Jared to ask Blighty about the bus monitor story. In essence, on the back of a bad loss, there was. No laughing. There was no talking on the bus from the ground to the airport to the point where Ben Hart was employed as the bus monitor to make sure his teammates weren't 
laughing on the back of a loss. I laugh about it, but Ben, I'm, I'm with you, mate. Mark, Mark Williams was the same. We lost a game. You couldn't shake hands with the opponent after the game. Now, old school, get it, new generation, all, all that. But what Carlton fans want to see, been hurting for 20 years, they want to see the players hurt a little bit as well. Uh, and on the back of that, uh, look, uh, I'm with you, Ben. Absolutely. Uh, Jason's in Frankston. Mark Murphy, a um, bit of a talking point this morning. Jace, your view? Yeah, mate, a bit late, a bit of a talking point. I, I think everyone's dancing around the issue. Is the elephant in the room, and it has been for 10 years, you ha- or more, you had an earlier caller say that he's not a midfielder. Well, we, we, uh, he's not a forward. Well, he's not a midfielder either, which is why he's playing forward. If you want to talk about the age, they got rid of Cade Simpson, who was still playing beautiful football and holding mm. up their back line and providing mm. run, yet they got rid of him. Mark Murphy, it's like you can't talk about him. I, I called him uh, right at the start after his first 10 games, the first number one draft pick never to play 50 games, but I was wrong. He's gone on. Time's up. You cannot have any conversation about Carlton unless it starts and probably finishes with him. He is a dud. I think that's harsh. I don't, I, I don't agree with that, Jason. I think Mark Murphy's had an outstanding career, like, and... Uh, of course, he's been at a club for a very lean period. He's you know, he's only played in six finals, and um, his win loss ratio is is poor at thirty nine percent. But he's he's had a pretty good career, Mark Murphy. He's going to play his three hundredth game this year. He's been a goal kicker, I think. At his best, he's been a, a damaging midfielder, and, and certainly someone that we used to put some time and effort into whenever we played Carlton. So I think to say he's a dud is harsh, and. I think most people, if they could, at the start of their career, say, I'm going to have a career like Mar Murphy, um, you would absolutely take it. So, yep, coming to the end, playing out of position perhaps now, but I think that's a little bit harsh. George is in Collingwood, and he wants to speak about one of the coaches under the pump this year, and and that is David Teague. Your thoughts, George? Kane, I've got two points. Um, One is uh, he doesn't make any uh, changes during the game. Now, Plowman, yep, we talked about Plowman, but... Casbolt was a defender for, I think, maybe two years. They made him a defender. Why didn't he go back during the game to say, you know what, let's put him back. Let's try something different. Let's put Petrescu seat in the middle with his run. Let's do something. He does nothing during a game. The team's a team, and that's it. Yeah, it's a similar criticism leveled at Ben Rutten. Now, early days, Ben Rutten and, and Teague's been in the position longer. What are you doing to change momentum? And more so for me, I mean, the comments prior to the game, just to say... Essentially, the win's important, but if we don't win, we'll be all right. And Collingwood back in you know, two years ago won a flag when they started 0-2. and two. Don't give me that. When everything is on the line and you wonder why the team turns up half asleep and lays seven tackles in the first quarter, it was, he's got to be harder. And I've said it for a while, he's got to be harder. He's got to get angrier. He's got to be more demanding of his players because time's going to run out. It's going to run out pretty quickly. Uh, Joey's in two, right? Your thoughts on the Blues, Joey? of all, just uh, going back when T got appointed, grand final day, he sat in the stands with Mitch McGovern, Paddy Cripps and a couple others drinking beers when, you know, he shouldn't be that close to the players to start with. you got Plowman, Tom Wilson and um, Gibbons. They're all soft players. The only hard person at that club that was running that club and had any idea about the list and the direction that was supposed to be going in was Steve Silvani and they get rid of him. They get on a five-year plan to rebuild the only person left from the whole group is the president. He's, he's whacked everyone along the way, got, threw, threw them out, and there's no one that knows what's going on. 
And John Barker, who's been there for 12 years, he was a senior coach. He would have been gone by now. End of story. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts, Joey. Steve is in Lilydale and he'd be in good spirits because his Crows caused the upset of the season in round one. But he wants to talk about the Blues. Steve, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Kane. Go to Bombers this week. Can't wait to watch the Mighty Bombers play. Um, I wanted to actually talk about Carlton, Kane, because I think that what you touched on there about Adelaide is, is the perfect thing. I've got a game that Carlton can watch, and it happened at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That's Adelaide versus Geelong, it's where you've got a team of essentially no names going up against a team of, of you know household names. And just because of pure pressure and effort and the culture at Adelaide, the good, successful culture, um, clearly that, that, then, then Adelaide are able to chase them down and make Geelong look second rate. Carlton, they seem to fill their list up every year with names, but these guys don't actually want to put in any effort. So I just think, I think that's the secret. The, the team shows them what the mighty Adelaide Crows did last week. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and they'll, they'll turn it around really quick. Well, for the first time, I agree with you, I think, Steve. I, that was a great lesson, what Adelaide did to Geelong. And, and I do wonder, you know, how much notice other players and the competition takes out of a team. And I did the exercise with it. Oh, how many of those Crows players would have made Geelong's best 22? I came up with five. Like, you can't understate how bad a performance was from Geelong. But it was an unbelievable performance from Adelaide. Pressure, tackling, swarming, numbers to the ball. Every time the opposition got it, you're all over them. If you do that in an even competition, anyone can beat anyone. But if you serve up what you served up in the first quarter last night for a team that had to be better, then Collingwood, who kicked seven the week before, seven goals in a whole game of footy, slice and dice you and make Jamie Elliott look like Lee Matthews, it's an amazing lesson for the whole of the competition. It's a good point you make, Steve. Connor's on the road. Uh, You're a Pies fan, Connor. This is the other story of what a strong performance it was. You'd be pretty happy this morning. Kane, as a Collingwood supporter, there is one thing better than winning a grand final, and that's beating Carlton. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Now, what about beating Carlton in a grand final? Uh, well, the last time that happened, I don't want to talk about it, and plus I wasn't even born then. So, okay, all right. Um, okay, so I want to wish Jamie Elliott the best. I hope he's okay mm. with his ankle. I hope it's not too bad. But I've got to say... The goalie's first half, he just ripped Carlton to shreds. Darcy Moore, well, if he's not leading Collingwood's first and fairest right now, I'd be stunned. And I think that the group got a fair kicking up the backside from their performance. I thought they were, I have to be honest, I thought they were pretty insipid against the Bulldogs. And the margin was very sympathetic for them. And I said this year a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't be surprised if they went 4-2 or 5-1. and one. I stand by that. They've got Brisbane. They've got a great record at the Gabba. I know they lost up there last time, but they've still got a great record there. They beat the Eagles in a knockout final in Perth. The Giants, well, we don't know what, what to expect from them. And Essendon, well, if we, if we have our heads in the right space, we should win that game. So I look at Collingwood's game last night. Much improved. I'm a very happy man. And... I wouldn't be surprised after round six we were either four and two or five and one. And if that's the case, considering Nathan Buckley was under the pump this time last week, I uh, I would be very happy with mm. that performance. Good and on you, mate. Say- Appreciate your thoughts. A lot of uh, happy Collingwood fans this morning, and rightly so. I want to ask you, who who'd you give, who would you have given, um, and this is to everyone, who would you give the three votes to last night? 
because Adams was, some of his numbers, frightening. Uh, Darcy Moore, whew, sensational. Crisp was great. Pendlebury was solid. As he, who, who got the three votes last night? And it's about time the umpires start recognising players that don't play in the midfield. So I would have given it to Darcy Moore last night. And could he win the Brownlow? No, because the umpires don't vote for anyone else but midfielders. But he should be getting the recognition, and I think that he is. We'll get to Peter Craig, Paul Jarvis and Nathan on the other side of this. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Busy first hour, a lot of angry Carlton fans wanting to have their say. You can do that as always on one 736 736 And for Pies fans, after 10 o'clock, we're going to speak to John Noble to go inside the winner's camp a little bit later on. GWS CEO Dave Matthews, Port Adelaide's Dan Houston and all of our regular segments. But Paul has been awaiting patiently for us in New South Wales. Um, you want to speak about the victors last night, Paul. Welcome. Oh, oh thanks, Kano. Yeah, mate. Um, what I'd like to see is what we did. And what we did was go back to 2018 when we used to um, get the ball up quickly and, and to our leading um, forwards. And th- that's the formula. It's a winning formula. We nearly won a grand final playing like that. The game has quickened up. You know, finally the pennies dropped, and I hope we don't move away from that game plan, Kane. It's a winning formula. Absolutely efficient ball movement, fast entries, and I thought the control of the game, I thought the sense of when to slow it down, when to uh, kick mark, uh, take some sting and some heat out of the game, particularly late. I thought it was a pretty mature performance last night from a Collingwood side who were poor in round one, but bounced back very, very quickly. Part of that was because Carlton allowed them to do that with their lack of pressure. Peter's in Preston. You want to speak about the Blues, Pete? Welcome to the captain's run, mate. Yeah, g'day, Kane. Uh, listen, mate, I'm going to have a launch here. Um, development, mate. We don't have a development system at Carlton. I'm sick of watching Bulldogs and the Swans. They don't bottom out. They just rebuild. They develop their kids. And they get thrown in the deep end, and they improve, and they perform, and they're a good team again. With Carlton, you've got blokes like John Barker, Brent Stanton, I mean, please. Fancy trying to learn how to get a hard ball off either of those blokes. They've been around that long. Just get rid of them. Number two, Kane. Mark yep. Murphy. Been there for, what? 16 years, the game's gone past him. He's lost two yards of pace. Pendlebury's lost a yard of pace as well. But guess what? Mm. Pendlebury punishes you when he gets the ball. Murphy does nothing, mate. He's got to go. It's just got to... They've got to get rid of Teague, the whole coaching panel, and if not, the board. Get in Mitchell and Hodge. Get some blokes that are just fresh out of the game, that were champions of the game, and teach you how to play the game, because we're not going to accept this crap anymore. Good on you, Pete. Appreciate your passion. Craig is in Croydon South. Your thoughts, Craig? G'day, Tano. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure, mate. Um, look, I'm not going to say anything that anyone else has already said, because I'm just going to be repeating it. I just, six, seven, eight years ago now, I remember going to a game at Eddie had, and I remember Carlton got thumped, and I jumped back in the car, and I was driving home, and I was listening to Finey. And I remember him saying, as a St Kilda supporter growing up, he used to hate Carlton. He said they were arrogant, they were intimidating, they were tough, they just won. And he said, you know what, now as a grown man, he said, I just feel sorry for Carlton. And here we are, six, seven, eight years later, mm. he's still in the exact same spot. When he said that all those years ago, mate, I felt like that was the, that was rock bottom for us, you know. I felt so embarrassed to be a Carlton supporter at that time that a St Kilda supporter felt sorry for us. And yet here we are eight years later, mate, and nothing's changed. I'm at the lowest point again. That performance last night was a disgrace. 
I don't care if we lose. I just want four quarters of effort. And I can walk away from a game after a loss with four quarters of effort and say, well, you know what, we had a crack. And last night, we didn't have a crack. And that's it. I've had enough. Well put, Craig. And it'll be great if the players and you know, and the coaches, by extension of that and the board and all of that, are listening this morning and hearing the pain in your voice. Like, I, I, I can hear your passion. I can hear your hurt. And I can hear your pain. And the, the text message blew up when we had Ben calling and say to see Plowman and some of the other players laughing and joking and smirking. And the players might say, well, the game's over. Like, what, what, how can we change the game after? We're allowed to uh, have a bit of a smirk with an opposition player, but they don't get it and they don't get the pain that some of you supporters have put up with for however long. Now, if, if you're 20 years of age and you support Carlton, it's been pretty rough. Um, it's been really rough as you sound a little bit older than 20, Craig, but um, not much older. It's been a, a rough ride for you. Uh, ben wants to speak about Collingwood, who were magnificent last night. Um, we can't say that strongly enough. What was your biggest takeouts last night, Ben? Uh, morning, Kane. Um, basically for me, mate, I'm absolutely loving listening to all these Carlton supporters ring up and implode and turn on their club. It's music to my ears. But I loved the pies last night, their effort and compared to last week. Like last week it was our fans ringing up and doing the same and I just want to say to all those calling fans who rang up and you know, were calling for Buckley said and all that last week, what Carlton fans are doing now, like, pull your heads and it was round one. You know, all the media clowns right tying it off after one round. It's, you know, it's just, I feel vindicated, mate. We're, we're much better than that and we proved that last night. I, I think, um, to be fair, I think there was a few Collingwood fans ringing up the trade radio station after Collingwood's off-season as well and, and imploding. So it's it's a passionate game. It's the morning after a really difficult loss and it's nine years in a row of starting 0-2 and two when there was so much optimism around the Carlton Footy Club. And I think the Carlton fans have a right to be fed up with what their club is serving up this morning and this is the platform and the outlet for them to do that and try and generate some change, which... Um, is more than overdue. Uh, Nathan, is, in fact, Jarvis is on the line. He also wants to speak about uh, the Carlton Footy Club. Your thoughts, Jarvis? G'day, Kane. Uh, mate, firstly, I'm one of the few Carlton members, supporters, who actually agree with most of your views. So thanks for all your, all your thoughts over the years. Good on you, mate. Uh, mate, I've got a few points I need to get off my chest very quickly. Firstly, my six-year-old son woke up this morning. I told him we lost again last night. His comment to me, Daddy, we always lose. That's not good enough. A club who's won 16 premierships, we're hiding on our history. Not good enough for a new generation to wake, grow up thinking we're no good. Now, points. Our coach, David Teague, he's a nice guy. He can't coach. I don't want nice guys. I want winners. Our assistant coaches, not good enough. John Barker's been there 15 years. No good. On-field, leadership, lacking. Patrick Cripps, I feel sorry for him. He's been a loyal servant. He, we should trade him. He's not worth the money that he wants. Even for, um, get Sarah and a first-rounder from Fremantle, do it. He does not hurt the opposition like other elite midfielders. Sam Doherty, yes, he's been out for two years. You don't fumble in goal squares like he did last week. I'm concerned about his disposal. Big question marks there. Our recruiting and development. Paddy Dow, O'Brien, SPS, Liam Stocker, we haven't seen. Setterfield was a pick five. Plummer was a pick three. What are we doing with our development? Nowhere to be seen. The Good on you, Jarvis. There's a, there's a lot there and a lot of people wanting to have their say. I, I do want to give everyone the platform to do that um, and we'll be with you right throughout the day. Dwayne's World will also be taking your calls in the first hour of his show. But we'll get to Nathan, Lou, Steve, Darren and Ian uh, on the other side of this short breather.
If we haven't been able to get to your call, we will do so before 12 o'clock. After we speak to John Noble out of the 10 o'clock news, we will open up the lines again and give you the opportunity to give us a call and join in the conversation with us this morning. Nathan's on the line. Um, what did you make of the footy last night, Nath? Welcome. Good day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, just, this, just this thing with the Mark Murphy just getting bashed and that. Like, I just, he's a midfielder. He's not a forward. He's not a half-forward. He's not even a small forward. He needs to play midfield, and that's it. If there's, any, if there's not a spot for him in the midfield, then there's probably not a spot for him in the side. And just the whole thing with Plowman on to go early, Jones should have gone to Plowman uh, to go straight away. Everyone could see that playing side at the ground. I just think the coaches, they need to take more responsibility for this. They didn't make one change all night. Not one. Mm. And you've got six yeah, or seven blokes sitting up there getting paid good money, and they, just, they don't want to do anything. And a lot of people are saying the same, and similar to you, Nath. Um, so I appreciate your call as well. So we've got Lou, Stephen, Darren, and Ian. We'll get to you after we have a chat to John Noble. We'll take your calls right throughout the morning, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I've left a, a fair amount of time in the show for you to ring up more time than we would usually because of how many people want to join in the conversation with us this morning. Carlton have dominated our discussion in the first hour and they can do so right throughout the day. It is your show. We talk about what you want to talk about and the topics are dictated by you. John Noble, Pies fans, though. Young player forging out a nice career for himself with a great story to tell. He will join us out of the 10 o'clock news headlines. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.